We're going to everybody to the Wiregrass High School Football Report brought to you by the radio people. This is your weekly look at all things high school football in the Wiregrass. I am your host, Philip Jordan, in-studio host and producer for Dustin Woods Football on 96.9, The Legend. Got a fun show planned for you guys this week. Not one, but two awesome guests. First, we'll be joined by Cottonwood head coach Dustin Harrison. who will be talking about the upcoming season for the Cottonwood Bears playing in 2A Region 2. And then I'll be joined by Sylvie Sparks, the new WDHN sports director. Uh, we'll talk about her experience here in the Wiregrass, what got her into broadcast journalism. We'll talk some Dothan Wolves and, you know, a little bit what teams in the area have got her attention. But before we do all that, before we talk to Coach Harrison and Sylvie Sparks, Tell you where you can find me in the podcast. You can find me on social media at P Jordan SEC. Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts. And please follow, subscribe, which one of them two we're supposed to be saying now. Rate and review and leave a review. I will read it on a future edition of the show. You can also listen to the podcast over on 955.tvy.com, 969thelegend.com, and also 1067kmx.com. Also download the apps. The podcast is available on those apps as well. You can always email me at sportstalkphilipjordan at gmail.com. Now let's talk Cottonwood Bears football with head coach Dustin Harrison. All right, everybody, my first guest on this week's Wiregrass High School Football Report is head coach Dustin Harrison, head coach of the Cottonwood Bears out of 2A Region 2. And uh, uh, Coach Harrison, I do appreciate you taking the time and uh, coming on the show this week. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm glad to have you on. I'm looking forward to talking uh, about the Cottonwood Bears. You know, just kind of pull the pull the curtain back a little bit. I told you this off air. Uh, I am a graduate of the Cottonwood uh, from 2005, so I'm always rooting on on the Bears. And uh, but I wanted to start something off. You know, we were recording this on Sunday, and uh, just you know, going to get a coach perspective. Of course, uh, the sad news on Sunday morning that Florida State legend Bobby Bowden had passed away. And just, uh, you know, for you as a head coach yourself, just when you, you hear the name Bobby Bowden, what comes to mind? Uh, him chewing that gum on the sidelines and uh, <laughs> and kind of pacing up and down. Um, you know, growing up, FSU and Miami and those schools were kind of the powerhouses. And uh, I remember watching them a lot. I was not an FSU fan. I was a Bama man, Bama graduate. But I always grew up watching them. And um, the more the older I got, the more I, you know, I respected Bobby Bowden for what he stood for and his principles. And um, he was a, a great coach, but an even better person. And um, you know, his, his family's real involved with FCA, and I've been to several clinics where Terry and, and his sons would be there speaking and all, and, um, and Tommy. And um, and anyways, it, it's a great family, and he's a, he was a great person, and uh, he'll be missed. Yeah, that's something you know, all day on Sunday, see when his former players, not as much, you know, the wins and losses, just kind of man he was. And just, you know, for you, like I said, once again, being a head coach, just how, how important is a coach in a, a, a young player's life like that? Well, you know, I mean, a lot of times these players um, don't always have the best background or best, best home life. And uh, sometimes, you know, as coaches, sometimes we're the only ones that really get to um, – get to show what a, a man's supposed to do and, a, and kind of a father figure for them to see and example for them to see and um you know a lot of them don't have other male role models in their life um and if they do they're not they may not be showing them the right way to do things and during football season we're around these, these guys so long and with so many hours we spent so many hours with them that during football season i literally see my players probably more than i do my wife by the time i get home we bathe the kids and eat and all those things i don't really see my wife very long at night you know during football season and uh shoot these boys we see them them suckers so much and 
we need breaks from each other, you know. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you spend so much time with your with your guys. It's very important. Um, what you do and 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 the example you set, and you're not going to be perfect, but it's good for them to see you being a real, you know, in real life and doing real life, and and to see the the challenges and struggles and and see where you mess up, and that's the opportunity for you to show them that hey, nobody's perfect, and you know, here's what we can learn from it. And, um, I mean, that's more important than anything. That's that's the reason most coaches go into coaching. That's the reason I did is is to change lives, not to not to you know just be around the sport, but to use the sport to change lives. You know, and uh, going into this season, uh, your second year at Cottonwood, and just you know, just from I guess through the spring and the summer, and as you know, we are we're less than a month away from the season kicking off. Just what's the excitement level right now? The energy level among your players? Uh, we're very excited. They're they're really excited. They've worked hard all off season. Uh, really starting in the spring, this new team kind of took a. Uh, this new team kind of got its own personality and and um, kind of separated itself from the team of last year and. Uh, all all spring, all all summer, these guys work extremely hard, and uh, they're ready to to strap up and, and play some football. Um, we got two more weeks, and um, and, and then it's home. So, uh, when, when you look at your team coming up this upcoming season, what, what sticks out to you the most? You know about this team that you know about their identity potentially for this year. Uh, well, we we have. Um, I guess what excites me most is we have a lot of potential this year to do things we may not get have done last year um, due to them kind of knowing the game a little bit better and being around, I guess, me and our other coaches and learning what we're doing and how we're doing it and learning the standards. And um, not that they always meet the standard, but they know what the standard is now. They know what's expected of them. And, and um, most of the time they, they live up those, those standards and those expectations. And um, I'm really excited to see what we can do if everybody will buy in and uh, do the things they're capable of doing we could do some we could we could have a very successful season you know and just kind of doing my research for our conversation here you know looking at you, your team you have a lot of experience coming back especially on the offensive defensive line and uh, i mean how big is that especially on the offense line? i'm always intrigued by the offensive line because i feel like that is a unit when there's continuity there those way those guys have to work together and if they have that continuity and work together well it just sets everything else up uh for a football team especially on the offensive yeah, side uh, what you just you know when you look at that part of I me mean, how important is that and just you know you know other parts of your offense that are you know interesting and intriguing for your team coming up well it doesn't matter what level of football or what style of football or what offense you're running what schemes you're running what plays you're calling the most important position group period is offensive line um there's no you know most people want to want him debate that uh there's there's nothing more important no group more important uh, offensively, and I argue offense and defensively, um, there's no more important position group than your O-line. And uh, the O-line does take the longest to learn because they have the most complex jobs and roles to learn. And they have to also not know what they do, but they got to have a good understanding of what the person beside them does so that they understand, you know, there's certain times where they work together, certain times where they make certain calls, um, and they have to know what the other one's going to do. And um, it's one of those positions where – all other spots, you can rotate receivers in constantly. You can you can uh, rotate backs in, keep them fresh, but you can't just rotate O linemen in. Um, they, they got they got to have like you said continuity, and uh, kind of have a good understanding of what the other one's going to do. And so uh, that really really excites me. That's probably the most exciting thing um, as far as the personnel we have this year is what we're going to be capable of doing up front with our O line experience there. 
I don't know uh, he'll be breaking a new quarterback this year. Austin McCardle graduated uh, after last year. He was a senior uh, and just kind of, like I said, reading up on what you guys uh, got coming back this year. Uh, Caden Simmons going to be taking over at quarterback. Uh, just uh, what is uh, what is key for him and, and what you want to see out of him coming, at, you know, going into the season and kind of getting ready and getting comfortable, you know, when you have an inexperienced quarterback. Um, well, Austin did a good job for us. He was a veteran quarterback. He, he'll be missed. Um, he had lots of arm talent. Was a good one. Um, but as far as is Caden moving into moving on to this year and in the future, um, the, the key for him is going to be um, doing all the small things, all the little things right, um, all the all the intangibles, more so than things on the field, is, are going to be all the things he's doing off the field and in practice um, and in the classroom. Um, you know, the biggest thing that we preach to all of our players, especially quarterbacks, is the quarterback has to be a leader. And we believe leaders lead by example. They don't make excuses and they accept responsibility. And so those things will be expected from him. We're going to expect him to lead. Um, we're going to, you know, obviously he's capable of doing things um, that some folks aren't capable of doing, but he's not capable of doing things that, that other quarterbacks are doing. So we're going to kind of cater what we do um, to things that he's able to do. Uh, but his job will mainly be to get, you know, to get everybody on the same page and, and to run the offense. And uh, he's got a really strong uh, O-line in front of him that should, should make his life a lot easier. It should help kind of bring him along and, and teach him along. And um, and I'm, I'm excited about what he's, what he's capable of doing. He's progressed so much. Uh, we started working with him. Basically, uh, I started bringing him in at 6.30 in the morning, a week before spring training started. And um, he never played before. And in that short amount of time, he started our spring training game our spring game after 10 practices i guess it was after nine practices um he, he started and was able to lead the team down um down the field on have a game-winning touchdown um had a game-winning drive and he led the team down in that in that scenario and that just let us know what he's capable of doing his potential um even if the outcome had been different you know so that's fine but that just showed us what he was capable of doing uh with you know if, if we groom him up and coach him up and develop him. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, you know, going into this year, uh, what are you liking, you know, about, about your defense going into the season? Um, just the hustle's been great. We've worked extremely hard this offseason on, on conditioning and on pursuit. Um, we believe that pursuit is the best way to make up for um, make up for some speed deficits that we may have in some games this year. Um, it's the best way to make up for a for, for a busted time or a busted play is hustle and pursuit. So we believe a pursuit is essential, and we've really focused on that. And this team's pursuit has been much, 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 much improved. Um, looking at this year over last year um, already. Um, other things we'll be working on is just getting lined up and playing football. People knowing where to be, getting lined up, and not thinking but playing. And so we've really, really focused without the pads on all summer on doing all the little things, you know, all the fundamentals, read steps, um, getting lined up, getting where you're supposed to be, and having all that down pat where it's things that they're not even having to think of. If you're having to think, okay, what kind of stance do I get in? You know, what do I do on this? If you're asking yourself all these questions right before play, then it really slows you down, and I don't believe you can play aggressive. And so we're trying to get them um, so coached up and so under, understand what they're doing to where it's 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 like the they know it like the back of their hand and it's just natural to them so they can play aggressive and and um and just be the athletes they're they're capable of being i know it's got to help too you know you know conversely you know you, you know have the experience on the offensive line you got a lot of experience coming back on the defensive line as well with those same players 
Man, it definitely helps. That definitely helps. And so, uh, you know, and, I, and also, you know, and I know every team you look and say, we take care of our business. That's what we worry about. But, you know, kind of looking at just, you know, your, your schedule and, you know, the, the region you're in, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a loaded region. That, I mean, I, I have said this probably back even when I was in high school. This is a region where there's sometimes a team that was good that didn't make the playoffs. Just to do. So what is that, that week-to-week, um, I would say, grind within 2A Region 2? Well, it 100% is, and it's actually a lot tougher this year than it even has been in the past in Region 2, um, you know, 2A Region 2, because of, of, you know, there's five teams that are in the playoffs almost every year, and uh, only four is going to go, and that's not including Cottonwood, which we plan on bringing them back in the conversation. And so it is a brutal region. It's a tough region, um, especially the, these past two years, um, with Elba dropping back down or are going back down and then coming back up to two A and jump back in our region and and losing a couple teams that that um used to be in there. But anyways, um, you know it, the thing about a region like this, it helps you stay focused. You got to take every game one game at a time, every week one week at a time. Because if you don't, in a region like we're in, you're going to lose a lot of ball games. And so, the only way to be successful, and that goes for any team in our region, is you have to focus on your opponent every week and doing all the things you can control and focusing on what you can control every week and not get a big head and not get to, to looking in the rear view or looking ahead at uh at what you got coming up because if not I mean, there's not many teams in our region that's not capable of beating another team in the region so uh, that being said it kind of keeps you keeps you focused or it should and um helps you hopefully get in a rhythm when you're playing teams like this week in week out they're tough opponents uh there should be some some excitement there should be some good uh good gates should be a lot of fans there and it should be um should help your team stay focused and, uh, you know, lastly, and I've kept you a few minutes longer than I said I would, but uh, I always like to ask a uh, first-time guest here on the show this question, uh, whether it be a coach or somebody that covers high school football here in the Wiregrass. So uh, when you hear the uh, the phrase or the term uh, Friday Night Football, what comes to mind for you? Um, Man, a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> it kind of takes you back to whenever you're, you're playing as a player. Um, it, it makes you think of, of all the things that go into it, um, from the band playing to – um, to the cheerleaders cheering, to, um, you know, fans lining up and parents lining up to see their seniors play, you know, knowing it's their last season. And, um, you know, it's just that there's a bunch of different emotions. Um, kind of makes you feel like a kid on Christmas, you know. It's just um, each week is, is something special. And, and, um, and we're really looking forward to it. We're excited about it. And the atmosphere in Cottonwood is, is really – it's a really fun place to play, and it's a tough place for clients to play um, just because, you know, the fans show up so well. Um, our numbers were very good last year. There's most of our away games we we carried more more fans um, than our opponents had at their home game, and um, and that's no exaggeration. So it's a uh, it's an exciting environment they create an exciting environment, and um, and I know our players love it. And I can vouch for that because I, I I know that fan base. <laughs> they will they will travel with the Bears wherever they go, and uh, and you know I guess I guess the final thing and you know, as we close up here is uh, is there anything here I didn't ask you about your team or even the community of Cottonwood uh, that you'd like to tell everybody about? Um, well, you know, talking about the community of Cottonwood, our the, the community here at Cottonwood has, has been um, the best place I've ever I've ever worked. Um, not just not just coaching football, but uh, where I'm, you know, working there eight to three every day, um, and then throughout the summer, it is a place of a blue collar community where people love football uh, and other sports, and people are going to support you. And you know, 
we may not be uh we may not have a fan base of just of, of super rich folks uh but people are willing to do whatever it takes to help you out and people are willing to work and um and it is a it is a special place um it's a place i hope to be for as long as the lord will keep me there i'd love for my kids to go to school like cottonwood and i hope they get to um and uh, it's a really neat place it's a very special place and um i think we got a lot of momentum moving forward with the new field house coming in. Hopefully, it'll be ready by next year. Um, and there's a there's a lot of a lot of buzz, a lot of momentum coming through. And um, I'm excited to be a part of it. Excited to be at Cottonwood at this time. Um, as far as our players go, I've, I've challenged our seniors, especially that this team can go as far as they want it to go this year. Uh, the potential's there, the ability's there, and I think that they're going to be the key piece. Um, we'll go as far as they choose to go. Um, and that makes it exciting. They've got a lot of potential to do a lot of big things this season. All right, and I'll be I'll be cheering you on. Of course, you know, uh, as a Cottonwood graduate, uh, I mean, I'm sure, and a lot of people out there will be as well, Coach. And I do appreciate you uh, coming on the show this week to, to preview and talk about your team for the coming season. And uh, hope we can, you know, talk again during the season, see how everything's going. And uh, I wish you guys the best of luck this season. I appreciate it, Phil. Yeah, well, I'd love to. All right, we're going to take a break from the conversation for this week to let you guys know about Dothan Wolves Football 96.9. The legend is coming back starting on August 20th when the Dothan Wolves head to Montgomery at the Cranton Ball to take on Bob Jones. Each and every Friday night during the season, pregame will start at 645. Kickoff is at 7. So join Jerry Coleman, Ken Lambert, and myself every Friday for Dothan Wolves Football on 96.9. The legend. Everybody, my second guest this week on the Wiregrass High School Football Report is Sylvie Sparks. She is the WDHN Sports Director, new to the Wiregrass. And uh, Sylvie, I appreciate you taking the time coming on the show this week. Hey, Philip. I appreciate you having me. I'm excited. Yeah, and, you know, just welcome to the Wiregrass. I know you're new here. Just uh, what's been your your, your overall thoughts so far just on, on the whole Wiregrass area? I love the Wiregrass so far, definitely. I have some family that lives here, so... Growing up, I visited every now and then, but not for really long periods of time. But now that I'm here, I really like it. It's a little, it's kind of similar to my hometown in size, I guess. You know, not too big, not too small. So I like that. I feel like there's construction everywhere all the time. But everyone's <laughs> so nice. Yeah, it's everywhere. But everyone is so nice and everyone loves their sports. So that's great for me being the sports person. So I'm really liking it so far. I'm having a good time here in the Wiregrass. Yeah, I, I tell people this all the time that uh, that are maybe not familiar with this area. So this is this is actually, especially from a college sports standpoint, a great hub because we're in the southeast corner. I mean, of course, you got your Alabama, Auburn. Troy is not far away, so you got some good college football to watch mm-hmm. there. You've got Florida and Florida State fans in this corner. You've got Georgia, and you can sprinkle in some other SEC teams as well. I mean, there, there's a there's a big yes, Alabama and Auburn dominate who the favorite teams are, but there are so many different people uh, or teams for people to root for in this area. It's just really like a melting pot of a of fandom around in, in this area. Oh, definitely, it's awesome, and even like I feel like everyone has those Troy license plates. They're everywhere. I just love seeing like how into it people are, and that. People just love their sports here. So, and I, I went to USC, Southern California. So I'm a Trojan too. So you know, my coworkers and I are always talking about who's the real Trojans or the better Trojans. But no, I'm excited to be in an area of other Trojans too. Listen, as an Auburn guy, uh, 
USC still sometimes has a, a sore spot for me. I'll be honest with you, because <laughs> back in the day in uh, in '03, uh, Matt Leinart had his uh, oh, oh yeah '03 Matt Leinart had his first ever game against Auburn and lit him up. True freshman, I ran my mouth all all season. There's no way that true freshman is going to come into Jordan here and do something, and they won 23 to nothing. So uh, I, I, I'm very familiar with USC. <laughs> Oh yeah, my my dad's an Auburn guy too, so he shares your grievances with me. But uh, you know, just you know, your your path to journalism. Cause I always like when you know when I have somebody on first time that is in in journalism, whether it be broadcast, print, podcast, radio, whatever form of journalism. Uh, what what led you to that path? Oh yeah, so basically, I wanted to be an actor my whole life like my mom was pretty into the art so growing up I was dancing singing acting that was my stuff and I was sure that I was going to like move to LA and try to be an actor um I wanted to go to University of Southern California my whole life or not my whole life but since I was little my one of my older brothers went there and I was like that's the place for me and it's in LA great um theater school so that's what I'm going to do and then as I got older I was actually I was I was like my junior year of high school I was like maybe I want to do something more kind of realistic don't really have to like you know have earn my salary based on like audition to audition type thing so I was kind of trying to consider something different and then one summer I was here so I have family in Alabama and I was at the University of Alabama with my cousin he was there to like pay his rent and you know my whole mom's side of the family would always try and convince me to go to Alabama my whole dad's side of the family would try and convince me to go to Auburn because they're a house divided and so we're driving around, he's pointing out these different schools, and then we're driving past the journalism school, he's like, all right, so there's a great broadcast journalism school, and then he pauses and he looks at me and he's like, oh my goodness, I could totally see you being a sports broadcaster. And I was like, oh my goodness, me too, you know, my family loves sports, like I said, you know, they're from Alabama, so football is king, house divided Alabama and Auburn, I have two older brothers, so I, and clearly I love to talk, if you haven't heard enough of my voice yet, so I was <laughs> like, I could totally be a sports reporter, and just worked out usc has annenberg the journalism and communication school one of the most premier journalism schools in the country so worked out got in there and i've just really focused on um sports journalism while i was there and i you know anchored our like local not local what am i student run news show and like was really involved in our annenberg media the whole time i was there um did different internships whether it was local news fox sports things like that um, and then, yeah, I wanted to move to Alabama my whole life. So when I was looking for um, starter markets, the Dothan stuck out to me. And like I said, I knew I had family here. So I was just trying really hard to get back to the South, but especially in Alabama. And super fortunate I got to be here. And now I feel like I'm living the dream of like being in a town where high school football like runs so many of these small little towns. So that's kind of how I got to where I am. And now I'm super excited to actually get to do that because I've always wanted to do local market sports because I just love the passion that communities have for their high school sports. You know, my dad and I included, I've been at USC basketball games with him streaming my high school games back in my hometown. So I'm excited to be in a place where high school sports is really popular. And that's kind of what I'm passionate about reporting on. Yeah. And and I tell people too, and I've, I've doing this podcast last two or three years and look like, okay, the two biggest, ones around here i guess you would say dothan the dothan wolves and enterprise those are bigger communities but also and they have those fan fan bases are great both those stadiums are always packed out when they can be packed out but the smaller communities around here too because i I graduated from cottonwood that's a 
2A region to a smaller community. But those smaller communities in this area, they love their team so much. I mean, that on Friday nights when those teams are at home, you can guarantee there's going to be a, a pretty solid uh, group of people at those games. And I think that's what makes it special, too, because we have that combination. We've got the two bigger you know, city schools, Enterprise and Dothan, but we also got the little smaller communities, too, to add a different flavor uh, to the experience when you go to the games. Oh, definitely. And, you know, I just hear about, like, the whole town will shut down and, you know, you won't be able to find anyone because they're at the game. And I just love that. And that's something that, you know, my high school, like we loved our football team, but obviously it's Southern California. It's completely different from the South. So I cannot wait to get to experience that just fire people have for high school football here in the Wiregrass. So when you decided you, you wanted, you know, to go, you know, that direction with, you know, with broadcast journalism, was there, were there any inspirations for you? Um, I feel like when I was younger, I was always kind of like, oh, yeah, Aaron Andrews, because, you know, she's just awesome and really great. And then but as I've gotten more into it, you know, I'm sure everyone hears her name all the time. Maria Taylor. I just think mm-hmm. she does such a great job. And she's such an awesome, like, role model for women reporting in sports. Um, and I could just go on and on about her. But she's kind of my um, inspo right now. Oh, I just said inspo. I'm sorry, everyone. But anyways. <laughs> But then also, and this is silly, but, or maybe it's not, it's important to me. I um, interned at one of my local news stations in Palm Springs, California, and Amy Zimmer was the sports director the two summers I was there. And she taught me, you know, I learned so much in college, but working hands-on with her taught me really so much of what I know. And I always just looked up to her, watching her be a woman in the sports industry and just like taking on her just everything she did so well and like she's doing pretty well right now i think she, she's in savannah right now so she's been someone i really look up to especially just within the local scene so so i, I was reading your bio on the wdhm website so you spent some time in london covering sports i did my junior year of college i studied abroad for about five months living in london which is funny, my coworkers joke about I can never stop talking about London, so I can't wait to tell them that I talked about it on a podcast too. <laughs> um, and while I was there, I was in like a government reporting class, but they wanted us to get to work on some things that we're passionate about too. So I was kind of trying to bridge government and sports, and it was happening when, when Brexit was going on. You know, England was trying to leave the UK, so I ended up covering how that will affect the Premier League. And it was really interesting. I got to go to a ton of Premier League games because, you know, I had this professor with all these connections. Um, so I went to all these Premier League games and talked to coaches and footballers and fans just about, you know, how they see it affecting the league and everything. And now that it's happened, I don't know how much, if anything, has really impacted it too much. But that was definitely a really cool experience to get to because, you know, soccer here in the U.S., we have the MLS, but it's nothing compared to in Europe. So getting to to report on, like, the professional league of their big sport was a really cool opportunity. Yeah, I think people listening to this, if they're not unfamiliar with that, I mean, just think, you know, almost an SEC Saturday, but probably heightened up ten times worse. Or bit, not worse, but, you know, more, you know, impassioned enthusiasm because soccer fans over there, I mean – football fans you know that's what they're you know that's what they call the sport they are they love it they live they live and die with what their teams do over there as we do our football teams over here oh totally and it's like you know we talk about sec saturdays but there you know you can have games different days of the week and so like my friends and i would you know get out of class on a thursday and then 
get ready to go and you know we would just be putting on normal clothes we don't have you know arsenal or chelsea gear things like that because we were in london and then we'd go to the pub and people would just be decked out in their clubs um gear and then we would everyone would kind of walk and the whole time you're walking to the stadium people are chanting like it was it's really awesome really high intensity people love their soccer football as they would call it over there yeah, I'm just trying to make sure I just said both of them, just in case there's somebody listening to this, this you know from the UK, and I, I did I make sure I didn't say soccer for them. So <laughs> exactly. make everybody happy. We're, both co- we're covering our bases today. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, talking to coaches and stuff like that. Great, great stuff on the on WDHN with the previews. I, I told you I watched every single one of them y'all have done so far today as we're recording this on Sunday. Uh, I guess I lead with Dothan Wolves. Just you know. Oh, what's been your big takeaway? Like, you know, you know, I know you you've been able to get some comments from Coach Smitty Grider. You know, I know they're you know, and y'all's title of the video was they're hitting a reset this year. Dothan Wolves have a very young football team coming into this year. Not a lot of experience on this team, like they've had in the past two years. But just uh, from what you you know heard and and talked to with coaches and stuff like that, what's kind of like your takeaway? Well, I think for the Dothan Wolves, you know, you're going to recognize some of this from my story or my preview on them. And thanks for watching all those, by the way, I lo- love me some extra views. Um, but anyways, um, you know, last year they dealt with COVID a lot. And, you know, I think the first two games were canceled, something like that, mm-hmm. you know, so they, so I think that in part of them hitting a reset button, you know, obviously we'd all kind of love to see them return to how they were in 2019, a more dominant team with, um, and so I think without COVID affecting them so much, that will definitely be a positive for the Wolves. But I think a big thing, and Smitty Greider talked about this too when I talked to him, that's totally true, is confidence will be so important for these young players that haven't, you know, played in 7A Region 2 before. And last year, you know, they started off 0-4. So it'll be, I think even if they could just get a win, you know, that first week in the AHSAA kickoff classic, you know, that's a big one. But if they could pull off a win in that and get them started on the right foot, I think that was really key for an inexperienced team to feel better going into this because, you know, mental games, it's like when we think of sports with mental games, you know, you think of things like golf, but obviously it matters in football too. Like confidence can be hurt. So hopefully they can start off strong because I think that'll really impact their season. Yeah, it, it was tough last year uh, because, the, like you said, the first two games they weren't able to play and then they jumped first game. The first game they played last year was – Enterprise region game. Enterprise had already played a game, and Enterprise was a good team last year too. And then I, th- I cannot remember which game it was. They actually had a game last year. They had another game canceled, I know, but they also had a situation. I, th- I believe they played Prattville, but we had a storm come through here that week, and I do not think Dothan was able to practice outdoors any that week, but they were going on the road. So then – I mean, yeah, you practice all year, but I mean, if you can't practice outside all week, and then you go to Prattville, and Prattville's a good t- team too in Seven A Region Two. So there was, you know, and I'm I'm not, you know, sitting here trying to make excuses, but there was a lot of things that just it was a bad luck season too for them last year, and it was hard to get continuity. And like you said, it was many guys talked about confidence, and that's that's a big thing with all sports. You know, first you got to have that confidence when you got you go out there, whatever sport you play. Totally. And yeah, so, I mean, hopefully, you know, this kind of Delta variant thing ramping up again, it's freaky, but hopefully if the Wolves cannot have to worry about things being changed so much and get that consistency, and other coaches have talked about that too, you know, if you can't just get consistency and practice consistently and play consistently, it's hard to kind of get off 
on a positive trajectory. It's a little just all over the place. So uh, just, you know, since you are new, uh, how much are you looking forward to the uh, Dothan Enterprise matchup? Just, you know, overall as a covering uh, uh, event standpoint. I'm so excited. You know, everyone here talks about Dothan and Enterprise are huge rivals, you know, and it's going to be an Enterprise's, you know, nice new turf. Um, I'm super excited. You know, I'm we're sort of figuring out who's shooting what games right now. I'm definitely trying to finagle that I get to go to that game because I know it's such a big, awesome 7A rivalry matchup. Um, but then, so Enterprise has their first six games of the season at home, which is crazy. I don't know how they flung that, but I think it'll be an interesting matchup because Enterprise lost a lot of their um, good players last year too. There's this is a bit of a younger team, but you know they have quarterback Quentin Hayes and unfortunately Bauer Sharp. You know graduated. Not unfortunately, it's good he graduated, but Dothan doesn't have him. So I think it'll be an interesting matchup. Um, but I'm definitely just excited to see you know the energy of it. But I think you know with Dothan kind of hitting that reset button, I don't know. I'm confident in the Wolves this year, but I'm confident in the Wildcats too. So I. I'm hoping and thinking it could be a pretty even matchup and a pretty interesting game. Oh, I wish I think it is too because of, I mean, obviously Dothan's going to come into this. Uh, last year was an aberration. We're here to show we were the team for 2019, not 2020. And then there's Enterprise. I mean, they're trying to they're trying to make. The, I mean, they've made a playoff two years in a row, but they're under Rick Darlington. They're trying to get to the get to the second round. Uh, when you look at the rest of Wiregrass, just the teams that you've been able to talk with coaches, you know, doing all the previews and everything, is there anything or any teams or coaches or any conversations you've had that's really, like, stuck out to you, really, like, piqued your interest as uh, we get ready and get close to the regular season? Um, I would say a team that's piqued my interest kind of as of recently is Carroll High School just because in the few months that I've been here, I haven't, unfortunately, haven't made it up there to do too many Carroll stories. And as I'm talking to their coach, I'm like, wow, they have a lot of strong players. They had a pretty good season last year. I'm excited to see what they can do this year. And obviously, you know, they have Carmelo Overton who's getting offers and things like that. So that's all. Like, I'm excited to be watching a four-star linebacker, you know. And I think just aside from that, obviously there's Emmanuel Henderson at Geneva County, Jalen Nobles at Slocum, Ian Finn at Ariton. There's a lot of really talented players that I'm excited to see how they impact their team and how their team can support them. Obviously, you know, Abbeville had that awesome state championship run last year, but a lot of their key players graduated. You know, one of their running backs is at Dothan now. So I'd like to see the Yellow Jackets have a great year again, but I just, I'm interested to see if that's going to be the storyline or if it'll be different. Those are kind of things and players, I guess, that stick out to me so far. But like I've just been saying, in general, I think I'll just be so excited to cover local high school football in Alabama anyway just because of the passion and everything behind it I know I've said that a million times but that is what I am most hyped for for football season well you know and that's going to lead me to my final question here for you and this is something I like to ask somebody the first time on the podcast and when you hear the words Friday Night Football what comes to your mind oh gosh just like hype and fun but also like emotion I don't you know I'm one of those people I love sports so much because of the emotion behind it and those awesome moments, you know? And so, and I also just love, like, in the grand scheme of the world, sure, it's a high school football game and that's a high school football team. But for these kids, like, it is, you know, at this point, what they work their whole life, their whole school year, you know, it's so important to them. Like, I was talking to Jalen Noble the other day, and I, you know, asking him about, like, hey, is there any pressure this season? You know, you're, you're expected to be you know, a really good player for this Slocum team as you have been in the past. And he's like, I just want to get out there and play football. You know, I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm just trying to get out there and play football. 
And I just love really that the teams that care about each other and they care about their schools and just that like, and same thing. He was wearing a red top mask. I'm like, look at that school spirit. So like some rant, some small high school in Alabama that, you know, most of the world doesn't even know exists. But for these players, these teams, these towns, it means so much. And I think that's just what I'm excited about. And that's why I'm hoping to bring really great coverage. We're changing the structure of our high school football show this year. It starts at 10:15 instead of 10:05, or I think it was early, like whenever it was last year. It starts at 10:15. You know, we're trying to give people that extra few minutes to celebrate at the game after a win. You know, maybe mourn a loss, get some ice cream, then get home and watch it. And I'm just excited to try and bring the best coverage I can because I know that people care about these schools so much. And so. When I think of Friday Night Football, I mean, for the extra point, that's what I think of. And also just hype, just, you know, there's no greater feeling than your team winning a high school football game or your rivalry game. My high school career, all, full, all freshman through junior year, we lost to our rivalry team. And senior year, we finally won. We called the flag game because we have a flag we pass back and forth between the schools. We finally won. And I have never been to a more rowdier sporting event in my life, just watching you know, I, we're like hugging classmates we never even talked to because we finally won that flag. So I can't wait to see some rivalry games for sure. Yeah, there's some good ones. And uh, like the Dothan Enterprise, that's one of them. There's toward the end of the year. Uh, you mentioned two of them. I'm going to go ahead and tell you a really good one to see will be Slocum and Geneva County at the end of the year. Well, you know, you mentioned the running oh, backs. And with Coach Tisdale and Coach Strippin too as well, that's one of the better ones out there too. So I'll, you know, just uh, go ahead and tell you on that one. Those those two teams they usually put on a show when they play each other. Oh yes, we have them marked on our calendar. I'm gonna try same thing and finagle that I can be the person there shooting that game because I'd love to see that. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a fun season. A lot of cool things, a lot of cool uh, storylines all over the Wiregrass. It's gonna be a fun season, and I have kept you a little bit longer uh, than I told you I would. But uh, I have appreciated the, you t- uh, taking the time to come on the podcast this week. But if the listeners out there wanted to follow you online, check all your work at WDHN. Uh, where can they find you? Uh, of course. Well, yes. If any of you wonderful people do want to see my stories or just hear silly things from me, my Twitter is at. Sylvie, S-Y-L-V-I-E, Sparks TV. So at Sylvie Sparks TV, and my Facebook is the same thing, Sylvie Sparks TV. I'm trying to get a little better about my social media presence. I, I post my stories a lot, but I need to, you know, show a little more personality. So I, I'm working on that, people, so bear with me. But, you know, maybe if you can cheer me on, I'll, I'll get a little better. Hey, I, I got to work on it myself, so you're, you're not alone on that one. Uh, I sometimes just uh, – share an article or a podcast and i don't really interact so i gotta work on it myself <laughs> uh, anyways uh, i do appreciate uh, you coming on the show once again and uh, taking out the time and uh hopefully you can do this again sometime down the road thank you so much i appreciate you talking to me i've had a super fun time all right, buddy, that's going to do it for this edition of the Wiregrass High School Football Report brought to you by the radio people. Thanks again for Cottonwood head coach Dustin Harrison for coming on the show and also WDHN sports director Sylvie Sparks. I really appreciate both. A really, really fun conversation. And make sure to go see the Bears if you can this year, especially if you're from the Cottonwood area. Go support the Cottonwood Bears uh, this season. And uh, go check out Sylvie over on WDHN, all the great high school football content they'll have for you this football season. Remember, you can follow me on social media at PJordanSCC. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, where you can follow, subscribe, 
whichever one we're supposed to be saying, and uh, rate and review. Leave a review. I will read it on a future edition of the show. Uh, remember, you can also listen to it over on 955.tvy.com, 969thelegend.com, and 1067kmx.com. And all those stations have apps. So just go to your app store, punch them in, download them. Podcast is there as well. And you can always email me at sportstalkphilipjordan at gmail.com. Be back next week, previewing more teams, talking to more coaches, getting ready for the 2021 high school football season here in the Wiregrass. Hope everybody has a great week. Till next time. Bye-bye.